Hello! Welcome to another... <laughs> um, hello! <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Moaning Myrtle's Bathroom. I'm Katie. I'm Emily. You guys all know who we are by now because you've been listening from the beginning. The whole damn The time. whole damn time. <laughs> so you already know that it's a Harry Potter podcast where we moan and groan about all things Harry Potter. Oh, and yeah, today, yes. we're coming at you as promised. We're back. With part one. Whoop, whoop. Of Prisoner of Azkaban Book Club. Starting it, starting Woo-hoo! it, starting it, starting it, starting it. Getting so, nasty, getting as you dark. guys already know, because you follow us on Twitter and got these announcements at Myrtle Bath Pod on Twitter. Yes. We are covering <laughs> chapters one through seven today. So, starting with Owl Post and finishing with The Boggart in the Wardrobe. That's what we're covering today. But before we do that, no, not a toilet flood yet. Because we're standing by our promise. Of just our toilet floods are going to be favorite parts of the section. Mm-hmm. But we've been gone for a couple weeks. A couple weeks. And um, some exciting stuff has come to light. So I'm going to turn to our reporter on the streets, Katie. This just in. This is Katie <laughs> from Universal Studios, Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> we have more info about this ride, you guys. We yes. Have been, we've been announcing and talking about it so much. We were there from the beginning when we didn't know anything about it. And I kept <laughs> and guessing it was Quidditch. Heard it was a new ride. It is not Quidditch. So for those of you who haven't heard yet, the name of this ride has been released. It is going to be called Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure. Good Christ. Long title for a roller coaster. <laughs> big old title for a big old coaster. Why not just call it Hagrid's Motorbike Adventure? Yeah. Like... It's it's super long. But anyway, we're right. We were right. The stuff that we were talking about with the last couple updates are what it is. Yep. So, so we already know, we already said, the train is going to be the motorbike and sidecar. Yep. On a high-speed roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is set to open in June this summer. Bum, bum, so bum. they are wrapping it up a lot sooner than I thought that they would. Yeah. Like, if you look at the pictures, it still doesn't look like they have a lot done yet, and it's supposed to be ready in just a few months. Scares me. Yeah. But anyway, the description just said that it is a journey where you will come across the rarest magical creatures in the Forbidden Forest and on the school grounds. So. I don't know if we really know much about what creatures are going to be featured on it yet. I think they're just capitalizing on Fantastic Beasts without doing anything Fantastic Beasts. Because I don't think they're allowed to till it's over. Right. Probably not. Damn. Got a long time coming. It'll be a minute before we get that. Jeez. I'm sure we'll get to see, like, spiders, probably, because we know they're in the forest. Maybe Fluffy. I heard... I The article did say that Fluffy's going to be in it. Oh, my God. So... That is kind of terrifying. I don't know. I'm, of course, excited about it, but I do feel nervous. I was telling Katie about this earlier today, that it's just like the the sitting situation scares me if I'm not in the sidecar. Right. Because it's a fucking roller coaster, and I know that I'm going to be safe, and they're going to make it safe, but just like the pictures that they were showing... I'm like, oh, it doesn't look very like that secure. scares me. So I'm sure that it's going to be fine. But like, how can you really keep the integrity of it looking like you're riding a motorcycle when you're strapped in at all angles? Right. I know. <laughs> I know. I so we'll it, see. I don't know. I'm, I'm still really curious. We were talking about this too. Like the first article that we ever read about it said that it's going to like defy the standards of roller coasters Yeah. and that it's going to do something that no roller coaster has ever done before. Kill people because they're riding a, a fucking motorcycle. 
and they're gonna go in a loop de loop, and it's gonna kill and them. And they're gonna fall out. <laughs> they're gonna fall off the bike. That's how you get off the roller coaster. Is they just go upside they down and it drops you. you into a net. <laughs> oh my god! I hope not. I would not ride that. If that no was a thing. way. Ugh. So scary. But yeah, it's like fun and exciting. It's out now. So we know what it we is. We know what it is. They've shown us like concept art and stuff. So it's official. That's really the last update we can ever have on it until we get the footage of what the ride looks like. And then yeah. uh, a thousand years later when the two of us go. And tell you what it's like. That's going to be kind of fun. I was thinking about that the other day, how we can, like, try and podcast at the park. That would be fun. And stuff, and how, like, cute and a good time it would be. Or if, like, at that point we've upgraded to be on Instagram, we could do fun little, like, stories and stuff. Would you guys be interested in an Instagram? Yeah, we've talked about it a little bit, guys, so this is a great opportunity for you to reach out and tell us what you think, but we've we've talked about, like, making an Instagram. Yeah. Just so, I mean, we probably wouldn't post on it a ton, but... So we could do fun stories and show you what it's like when we podcast, like what it looks like to us and stuff. Yeah. I think that would be fun to do. Maybe we'll just do it today. I don't care what you think. One step down from (laughs) vlogging. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness gracious. Well, that's about it for that news, I guess. Should we get into it? Let's get into it. Katie? Yes. What's flooding your toilet about chapters one through seven? A lot happens. In this book. Yeah, seriously. Um, and even a in lot this first in, part, in all of it. it's been kind of a while since I've read the beginning of this book, but I really remember just enjoying reading everything that happens with, like, Aunt Marge. Yeah. <laughs> I find her really entertaining. Like, I know that she's a total bitch, but I think she's <laughs> so funny. And, like, I feel so bad for Harry while all that stuff is going on with her, but it's still just, like, entertaining. You know? <laughs> Her getting blown up and stuff. She's just a terrible drunk. Yeah. With her God. dog. I don't know how many of you um, partake in the audiobooks featuring Jim Dale, but goddamn, he's an artist. He's so good. I can hear the way him drunkenly doing this horrible woman's voice going, Colonel Fubster. It's so funny to me. Oh. It's so funny to me. It makes it like a thousand more times enjoyable to listen to her say such awful things. I need to, oh, I need to go back and like listen to that now. It's very I have, funny. you've given me all the audiobooks, yep. but I still yes, read ma'am. them. Oh my but, god. Yeah, that was my favorite part. I like thoroughly enjoyed reading that chapter. So it was funny. so fun. So, that is probably my favorite part of this first part. Yeah. So. It's like all the build-up of her being so disgusting and then getting this great And then getting the vengeance. great revenge. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. It's awesome. Yeah. I love it. So, Emily, what's your favorite part of this section of the book? My favorite part, I think, will always be that little section where Harry's just, like, living his own cute life. In Diagon Alley. I know. And he's out doing his homework and having a good time and kind of befriending, like, shop owners and, like, just wandering around every day. So free for the first time ever. It's, like, the happiest I ever remember him. It's just, like, in that moment. He peaked (laughs) here at 13 years old (laughs) for a week before his friends came. Free to walk around Diagon Alley It's just so precious that he, like, gets this, like, taste of freedom, and he's just, like, living easy in the magical world, and he's so happy. I know. And he loves learning and getting his stuff done and ice cream and, oh, man! I know. 
So cute. I love that part of the book so much. I know. Especially, like, in this first part, which is, like, there's just so much stress. Right. And scary stuff happening that he just gets this wonderful moment to himself. It makes my heart cry. Oh, I love that boy so much. <laughs> I love him so much. Oh, my God. Well, yeah. So I suppose let's just dive right in, right? Yeah. So... Much like the last two books, we're sticking to the same thing. Katie's going to walk us through. I've collected discussion questions from Pottermore and Scholastic. Mm -hmm. And I've got a couple questions that interject myself, of course, because we're starting to really get into it. So deep questions are to be had. Deep questions. Deep, deep questions. Yeah, this is when it starts to be... It's This book is, like, still very starter book, I think, but it's it's starting to, like, graduate from that. This is... And take, like, a step toward... Yes. ...more advanced stuff. I think so, definitely. I think one of the big things that happens in here and as we've discussed like these books haven't been so innocent the whole time mm-hmm. like harry potter melting a man alive at the mm-hmm. end of the first children's book yeah and then um the fucking <laughs> myspace myspace pedophile in the last book that yeah. we read <laughs> like it's just like none of it is very clean and innocent but like we're really starting to get into deep dark stuff here like confronting Mm-hmm. murderers and all of this like mystery and intrigue and it's very scary and there's like some real life or death stuff for kind of the whole trio this time right which is not so much in every book that we've read these first two at least mm-hmm. not everybody's being put in kind of mortal danger here and so you know at the end of the book there's a lot of yeah you know spooky scary stuff that could happen stuff. so it's just it's starting to really get into it and i think a lot of people kind of make the the switch um, at Order of the Phoenix that it all of a sudden these books are young adult books now. Mm-hmm. But I really think it's like I think it's fourth book, honestly. It's like this book is the setup to okay, this is starting to get real. Right. Real yeah, bad, with like real the nasty. ending of this book. Just because nobody dies. <laughs> right. In this one. You know, whatever. But the threat of death is still there. The threat of death is still there and there's just it's it's getting emotional. We're 13. We're real teenagers now. Yeah. It's getting to be a lot. Friendship drama. Mm-hmm. Screaming in the snow. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh. It was a friend! Oh, God. <laughs> Our commentary for this movie is going to be terrible. You guys, just prepare yourselves, because it's, it's going to be a rough one. All right. Start us off, Katie. Okay. The book opens. The book chapter opens. One. Chapter one is Owl Post. So I don't think there's anything super dramatic that happens in this chapter. Um, it's just kind of like the start, showing you what Harry has been doing. <laughs> Daisy's taking a nap. Please she knows continue. that this first chapter is kind of boring. <laughs> As they all are. So it's just Harry doing his wizarding homework, his summer homework. Um, oh, we find out about Ron's phone call. <laughs> yes. With Harry. Yes. Which is funny. He's like, that entire page is like so much caps. <laughs> it's all caps. <laughs> when he's like shouting into the phone. So funny. Um, Ron is much like um, many middle aged and older people mm-hmm. who just have to yell into a cell phone. Mm-hmm. Why? Hello? <laughs> hey, how are you? No, they can hear you, I promise. Yeah. (laughs) Cell phones work just like landlines, guys. (laughs) Except you can take them places. (laughs) 
But yeah, that's honestly probably the most exciting thing that happens in this chapter because it's so very just like summary of everything that's happened so far. Yep. Reminding you who Ron and Hermione and Hagrid are. Yep. <laughs> and then Harry gets his like birthday presents from people. So we find out that the Weasleys won that huge grand prize. Yes. And they went to Egypt. Yes. Um, I did want to put in one thing here as I was reading this because, um, I don't know, we haven't officially been doing this, but I, you know, always make note of it whenever things come up is to just like point out how the Weasleys are still very much traditional purebloods. Yeah. I think is really interesting, um, that it's like in that vein, it's like Molly, Molly could get a job. Happy International Women's Month, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? Like she could she could get a she could get a job. Right. Other other people work. Yeah. But she doesn't because her husband has a ministry job and that's how it is. And she doesn't feel like she needs to. And Even like, though they I get need it. the like, money. When the kids were little, like I get it, they needed someone to be at home. But like what does she do when all their kids are gone or at Hogwarts now? They need the money. Right. I don't know, man. So I just wanted to point that out. I just wanted to point it out that yeah. this, like, it is still very traditional mm-hmm. that the mom stays home, wife right. stays home. Yeah. You know how it yeah, is. Yeah, you look at other purebloods families, too, and it's like, I don't think Narcissa ever no. had a job. No. Or Bellatrix, or, like, no. any of the black family. No. Women. <laughs> Why would they? <laughs> they don't need Some to. Some of the men in the black family probably didn't even work because they're so rich that they never yeah. needed to. Honestly. But, so I just wanted to point yeah. that out real quick. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I find it kind of funny that, like, they get this, like, huge grand prize and, like, they're so poor and yet they decide to spend all that money on, like, a vacation instead of, like, saving it. I get it, though, because that's a thing, like, even when I am at places where I don't have that much money left in my thing, I'm just, like, feeling so burdened by everything in the world. It's like, yeah, I'm going to treat myself and I don't want to feel bad about it. So, you know, it's like, yeah. I get it, is to, like, it's celebrate like what everyone and do does this. when they get their tax returns. It's like, yes. they go and, like, spend it on, like, a whole bunch of stuff. So it's like, yeah, they, they won this. They want to they wanna treat it as a celebration. Mm. I get it. Yeah. It's, it's maybe the smart thing to do, but, you, like, you want to go see your kid and have a fun vacation because you can't afford it otherwise. Yeah. So you got to live it up. Got to do it. Take the whole family to Egypt. Discover some pyramids and stuff. <laughs> And then we get Hermione's letter. What's hers? She's in France. Everyone is, like, traveling, and Harry's just stuck. I know, poor kid. In the Dursley's house. God. (laughs) Why would you write to your friend who's, like, locked in a house all summer and be like, I'm in Egypt. I'm in France. I'm in my cupboard under the stairs. Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, we we do get the good news that since the last two books he is keeping his room, he's not locked in, and Hedwig is allowed to go out. That's true. You know, things book are lessening book, up a little, a little bit. a little bit more freedom. Yeah. With them. Um, he gets some fun birthday presents, though. Like, he, this is the first time we see a sneakoscope. Hermione sends him a cool broom servicing kit. Well, it's also the first time he ever gets a birthday card. Is that his... Yeah, because last they summer... Talk, and they talk... He talks about it a lot in this video. He's like, I've never gotten a birthday card. It's my first birthday card. And now he has three... Because he gets it from all three of them. So precious. And then he gets a book from Hagrid. A monster book. A monster book of monsters. A monster book of monsters. 
And he gets a letter from Professor McGonagall, too. In one day, he gets four pieces of mail. <laughs> it's, like, more mail than I've ever gotten in my life. <laughs> and that's it. That's the first chapter right there. So, super starter intro. Yep. Let's get into it. So, next chapter, Aunt Marge's big mistake. <laughs> oh, what a mistake it was. And oh, what a mistake oh, it is. Oh, what a mistake it was. Okay, so we come down and Harry is... Oh, they're watching the news and this is the first time that we hear about Sirius. And see him. And see him. And it's kind of like reported in this part that like it's not a big deal it's just kind of like oh just this report on the tv whatever and then you find out in the next chapter that it's like yep a careful there's a murderer that escaped and i love it because like vernon's like they didn't even tell us where he escaped from right i know (laughs) they're like what the heck oh man is this where they describe like oh no never mind it's in the wizarding news when they're like yeah, they're, they've been told that he's carrying a gun, which is like a, a muggle weapon that's like really bad. It's like a it's metal really wand funny. that muggles use for killing. <laughs> what the fuck? I thought that was funny, but that's getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> um, yeah, Uncle Vernon is like immediately like, God, this guy looks crazy. What a fucking lunatic. <laughs> he is like right away. Um, he does look rough. For he sure. does look really rough. He looks really freaky if he looks anything mm-hmm. like he looked in the movie. He's terrifying with that, like, screaming portrait. Yeah. Um, okay, so then Vernon announces that he's going to pick up Marge, and Harry is, like, choking on his breakfast and is like, what? <laughs> She's coming? Um, so yay, another family member to abuse Harry. For yay! Hooray! She's, like, the worst of them all. Oh, she sucks. And that, that, okay, so they introduced this, like, St. Brutus's school for a crim- criminally yeah. incurable boys. Is that it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good God. Yikes. It's so rough. And that that's what they're, like, probably, are they telling the neighbors that? Like, what's going on? They probably. know that he's not going to their public or private schools. Yeah. So, uh, I know. He's just going away for the school year to get beaten <laughs> every day. I hate it. They're so gross. But yeah, I like that Harry. I I think it's interesting to see how much like nerve Harry like grows against them with each book too cuz yes. like at this point like he gives him an ultimatum and is like I'll behave if you sign my form. Yes. Like, he wouldn't have done that in the first book at all. He just, like, let them walk all over him, you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I think that's really great. So Harry's kind of, like, bargaining with Uncle Vernon a little bit, and then she comes, and for the most part, she, like, says these, like, rude things to Harry, but he kind of just lets it go until the end of the week, and then she um, starts talking shit about Harry's parents, and he gets mad, and he blows her up, and that's what happens in this chapter, so. Here's the thing. I just want to say this, and I know that this is a movie thing, but we've discussed um, the first swear being Mm -hmm. piss. Yeah. (laughs) In the fourth movie, and I know that, like, she's using the word as it is correctly supposed to be used, but she calls Lily Potter a bitch in this book and in the movie. and in the movie. It's a swear! I know. (laughs) That is such a horrific horrific speech that she gives i know it's disgusting it's really gross i'm horrified by it at all turns i know 
such a nasty and that she's like so openly talking about it and is just quite you know like to the side being like no offense Petunia she's shit like her yeah. jeans are shit her life is shit like whatever just going off and the the way that she talks about James and he wasn't employed and that he's like some layabout and like all this stuff it's just like right it's, like making all these assumptions about these people that she never knew in the first place. Yeah, it's rough stuff. And then two, if you want to look at it through the lens of the Potters, James and Harry not being white, it adds an even more horrifying twist to this whole conversation. Yeah. Um and that like Lily Evans lowered herself to and marrying a man of color. Yeah, and to, like, it's just, it's bad. It's all bad. But, like, I don't know, I think it lends this, you know, interesting take on the on the book of how this classism also um, is hand-in-hand hand with, like, deep-rooted suburban racism. Right. <laughs> Middle-class racism. Like, it's just something to think about. And it, I think it really lends, like, credence to the whole mm-hmm. discussion of, like, Harry being a person of color. Yeah. I don't know. Definitely. It's just, it like, when you look at it through that lens, it all becomes very clear mm-hmm. how classist and racist all of these conversations surrounding him are. Yeah. And that, like, she's so celebratory of this, like, one brown boy in the neighborhood going to this, like, criminal correctional school and all this and like the neighbors all think he's like bad news and think he's a criminal like it's just it's there if you want to look at it that way parents will like usher their like children like away from him so they don't like walk by him and stuff I know Daisy (laughs) (laughs) it's rough stuff so it's just something to think about if that is you know Something that you are into thinking about is a more diverse cast of mm-hmm. of Harry Potter. Yeah. It's a good metaphor for racism, regardless. Mm-hmm. Like, even if he is meant to be a white person, you know, it's still a good metaphor. Yeah. So, he blows her up as she deserves. As she deserves. She was talking shit about his family. How is it described in the book as opposed to the movie? Um. Well, it says... She's, like, calling Harry all these names, and then it says she pauses for a moment, and she seemed to be swelling with inexpressible anger, but then the swelling didn't stop. Her great red face started to expand, and her tiny eyes were bulging, and her mouth stretched too tightly for speech. Ick. That's Ew. scary! I know. They make it I just, funny I just in the picture movie. her face, like, going, like, wider and wider. <laughs> oh gosh. This is a horror show. Seriously... Really scary. And then next second, her, like, clothes were popping off. Like, her buttons were coming off, and she Mm -hmm. was inflating, like, a balloon. So I think, like, towards the end of it, like, she does look like what she looks like in the movie, but I think, like, where she expands and how that happens is different. Yeah. You know? But, yeah, by the end it says that she looks like a monstrous balloon. And then Harry? She was entirely round. Oof. Pretty much like how Uncle Vernon looks in the movie. (laughs) like perfectly round so then Harry fucks off he's like I'm out he leaves I'm not doing this I'm done with this I'm done yeah Uncle Vernon is like put her right and he's like no she deserved it she deserved what she got (laughs) 
about that, like, Harry Potter is a villain movie trailer. I know. They use so much of the Prisoner of Azkaban movie they do. in it. <laughs> she deserved what she got. <laughs> so awful. Ugh. She did, though. She's disgusting. I don't blame Harry for Hell being, like, no. pissed off in this part. Hell no. She deserved it. And then he's just like, I'm leaving. Yeah. I've had enough. That's what he says. And he then gets he just storms out. He's out. And then we see the night bus. Yes. Is that the next chapter? That's the next chapter. Okay. So do you have any questions before we move on? Um, yes. I do have a question from Pottermore for sure. Let's see. Yes. Okay, I've got a couple questions. So from Pottermore, do you think Harry regrets blowing up Marge? No. No. Clearly we've talked about this. He does not regret it, and he is so, um just past it like it is what it is and I don't regret it that he's like resigned to being a criminal yeah living on the run right <laughs> he's he's like ready for it he's ready for it because he doesn't regret it a second he just kind of like accepts it like he walks out of their house being like I know I just fucked up my life but like who cares yeah and then Scholastic asks why is Harry's reaction to leave the house why like why is it Harry's reaction to leave the house? Yeah, why why is that why is that his first thing that he just is doing? Why because is that he's what he's going to do? Yeah. He just has to get out. Yeah. I've been in so he's many like, situations like here. that where I am so frustrated and angry that I just I have to leave. Like I can't yeah. be around it because like nothing there's nothing else I can do but scream. Yeah. <laughs> I have I just have to leave. I have to get myself out of it. Right. And he's had enough. Yeah, he's done with it. He's been living with that for a week. Mhm. And he lives like that all summer and for 11 years previously. Yeah. So, like, like, no, he can't do it anymore. It's just too much. Like, too much abuse. He just, he can't. And especially now that he's seen life outside of that house. Right. And has friends and has, like, true happiness somewhere. Mm -hmm. That, no, it's just no. Yeah. That'd be my reaction, too. Like, Like, I I couldn't be enough to live here anymore. And then we did just briefly talk about this too how have we seen his feelings toward his relatives change from the start to now he's becoming more defiant against Mm -hmm. them now he's not taking it now that he knows how he's supposed to be treated he understands that it's not right for them to treat him this way now yes like he knows that it's abusive Mm mm-hmm so he's just yeah he's just not taking it and I think we continue to see through the rest of the books mm-hmm. that he's like no this is happening now so thanks just wanted to let you know yeah. like it's just he has zero fucks left to give he's kind of calling like, the shots he's just like, on his I come back now. here because I have to but I don't enjoy it and I'm not gonna do what you tell me to do yeah anymore so it's a real turning point for him yeah this moment with Marge yeah I think so because I I think like in the in the next books like from here on out every time we see the Dursleys it's totally just Harry being like whatever Yep. I'm just gonna live my life and come and go as I please. And they kind of leave him alone. They do. For the most part, after this. They're just like, whatever. Yep. And especially, too, start it for the next two books, at least, he has the great excuse of, like, well, I have a murderer for a godfather, so fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> do seriously. what I say. Yeah. 
I love that. I think that's I th- hilarious. Is that at the end of this book, Very I think, when book. he, like, yep. comes back and he's like, yeah, well, my godfather can't take Mary care of me because he's a convicted murderer, so, you know. But, like, he'll check in from time to time and see how I'm doing. <laughs> so funny. I yeah, I think even in Half-Blood Prince, like, he doesn't tell them that Sirius is dead until Dumbledore, like, yeah. arrives and, like, breaks the news, you yeah. know? So. Why would he tell them? Yeah. Why would he do that? Why would he have leverage? Yeah, and why would he want to share that pain at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, we're at the night bus. So, we're at he the night bus. He is confused, concerned, outside in the dark. Mm. He sees a dog. <laughs> he sees a dog. He sees a big old dog. Which is, again, something that first of many times that happens yes. in this book. He sees the Grim. At this time, he doesn't realize what it is. No, he's just... Or, like, the significance. He thinks it's, like, a bear. Yeah. A bear-sized dog. And then... That's a big-ass fucking dog. I don't think we think about that enough. I know. That Sirius is a giant fucking dog. Or in the movie, he's very small. Well, because he needs to... He needs to come up against a werewolf. Yeah. That's big. Right. That's big. That's big. Yeah. Movies. (laughs) Movies. Movies. We're gonna have a lot to say about what that werewolf looks like. Oh, (laughs) no! Okay. <laughs> Spoiler alert. We don't care for it. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, then he, like, tries to back away from the dog and, like, falls and sticks out his wand and the night bus comes. And he goes for the ride of his life. <laughs> we meet a character who we, I never expected to come back. Stan Shunbike. Stan Shunbike. Three times he yeah. makes an appearance in this series. Right. That's Oof. crazy. I know. Stan Shunpike. That's funny because, like, right now, it's like, she makes a point to say that he's only a few years older than Harry is. Like, he's very young. Yeah. He's, like, a teenager still. He <laughs> and he works on the night bus. This is his, like, after Hogwarts job. Yeah. <laughs> it's like being a night bus conductor. <laughs> oh, my God. It's crazy, like... Well, he's got a summer job. Yeah. That's it. Well, then why doesn't he see him at school? No, because it says he's like 18 or 19. Does it say that? Oh, okay. It says 18 or 19. Oh, then yeah. he's done. But okay. he could have I, seen I was him like at 16. school like, in the, the first couple years, though. You know? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Unless Stan is like a dropout. Stan <laughs> Shunpike. I'm going to look up what house he was in. Now I'm curious. Let's guess on it before you see the answer. What house do you think Stan would be in? Hmm. I honestly don't know with him. I would say Slytherin or Ravenclaw. Yeah. Just judging by how hard he was trying to get those French girls. I know. <laughs> out of fire. Let's see. I think I would say Slytherin probably. I don't think he's smart enough to be a Ravenclaw. Yeah. Well, Lockhart. That's true. <laughs> Stan Shunpike. Skills, conducting the night bus. Hobbies, chatting up Vila. <laughs> uh, no. Doesn't, there's doesn't nothing. Say. Maybe Let's he see. didn't go to Hogwarts. No one knows. We can only guess. Alright. I'd say Slytherin. <laughs> I'd say Slytherin too. So, I did have one thing I wanted to say about Stan. Okay. Um... Just a, another thing to, like, watch out for is, like, the very um, casual dislike of muggles from wizards. 
Mm-hmm. Because he, I don't know if he, I don't know what his blood status is, but he's definitely not Muggle-born. Right. And he probably didn't grow up in, a, in like, a Muggle area. Just because, I don't know. But, they like, they clearly state when he's discussing how they don't pay attention. Right. He's, like, so disdainful. Like, he really, like, has some and this hate is like in how, his heart. This is, like, what we've already talked about. This is how, like, a lot of wizards... It's casual, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he says, don't listen properly. Don't look properly either. They never notice anything. How do they... They, like, describe the way he said it or his face or something, like, right after that? He says that it just, contem- like, surprised me. Contemptuously. Yeah. He just... Like, it's so clear that he... He's so, he like, matter of He fact, doesn't care. Like, yeah. He thinks they're dumb and pointless. hmm You know? I don't know. I just... It's, like, worth... That stood out to me just yeah. because I was like, oh. Yeah. It's just so, like... It becomes very clear that that's just, like, the attitude... It is. ...about muggles. Yeah. Like, that's what everyone thinks. Like, all oh, they... They just... Whatever. Mm-hmm. They don't notice anything. They don't know anything. Stupid. They're dumb. Yeah. So, I... Yeah, I just wanted to bring that up, too. That it's just, like, noticing these things on, a, on an adult read-through again where you're really paying attention because we need to have stuff to say when we do these podcasts. Right, yeah. So, like, I notice these little things where I'm like, oh, yeah, everybody kind of doesn't super care for mm-hmm. muggles. Yeah. It's easy. Yeah, they just don't find them important or worth their time. Yeah. So. They're different, so it's okay to look down on them. Yeah. So Harry lies about his identity, tells him he's Neville Longbottom, <laughs> which I love. And I think it's funny when Harry meets Neville's grandma in Diagon Alley. He's like, I really oh. hope she never finds out oh. that I impersonated her grandson. Yeah, because she's fucking scary. <laughs> yeah, and that made me like laugh out loud <laughs> when I read that. I was like, oh, that's funny. Um, and then they're talking about black. Serious Black, and this is when Harry finds out that he was, like, on the Muggle News, or finds out that, like, he's actually wizarding, because mm-hmm. Sans just, like, reading the Daily Prophet, and Harry's like, hey, he was on the Muggle News. And Sans like, yeah, duh, of course he has. Um, and yeah, so then the newspaper just says, like, they've told Muggles about him, and so that's where kind of Harry starts to learn more about Sirius. So he murdered this- 13 people with one curse. In this chapter, we find out that he is the most infamous person in Azkaban. Yeah. Which is wild to me. Out of all the people that are in there, even at the same time. Right. He's the one. He would have been in there in the same time as, like, Barty Crouch. Junior. Junior. Sorry. Air quotes. Because it's not really him. But, like... And his cousins. And his cousins, Yeah. So, yeah, it's because his know. murder or like his crime was like, I don't want to say it was worse, but it was like more impressive than like just what because other he, he had done. He killed so many people with one curse. Yeah, I guess like what he did to get to Azkaban was so much more impressive than just like killing a person. I don't. I just don't think that she was maybe ready to introduce Bellatrix and all them mm-hmm. until the next book or whatever. Yeah. Just because I feel like that's that's a wild thing to say when like you're known for and were finally caught for torturing people right. to death or insanity. Right. Being like a right-hand person. But they think he was a right-hand person. That's true. To Timothy. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy that 
Well, that's just all hype. Miss Prisoner. I just thought yeah, that that's was crazy. That's like, crazy that they like he labeled would have a lot him. of hype before he broke out. Because like obviously now he's like the first one to break out, so like of course there's gonna yes. be a lot of hype around yes. his name. But like before that, I know. That's interesting. That that was his only offense too. Yeah. They caught him on that and not like a million other things, mm-hmm. like actual Death Eaters. Right. So yeah, that's weird. Who knows? I just picked that out because I was like, really him. <laughs> I honestly almost feel like Barty Crouch Jr. would maybe be the most infamous one. Truly! He's the son of a ministry person. Truly. And the black family's, like, prestigious, but, like, meh. But, like, they know. <laughs> they're like, like, people knew that they were Voldemort supporters. They're kind of known cousin fuckers, so, like, I don't know that they're right. <laughs> like, well respected. People probably aren't that surprised that there are a few members of the black family in prison. You're you know? so right that Barty Crouch Jr. would be the most infamous person yeah. in Azkaban. A son of a ministry worker, and not just any ministry worker, but like a really pompous, like, <laughs> like a really like well known, like strict, like workaholic yeah. ministry person. He was the crackdown person. He was in line to be minister. Yeah, and all of a sudden, his son turns Death Eater, kills people, and goes to Azkaban for it. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was like a wild thing to throw out there. Yeah. So who's to say? Me, I'm to say it's Barty Crouch Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to talk about him when we get to college. He's so cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's basically what happens in this chapter, and then they get to Diagon Alley. Um and Fudge. We see Fudge, and we saw him in the last book, but this yes. is the first time that Harry really ever interacts with him. Mm-hmm. Um and Fudge kind of explains everything, and Harry's just like, I broke the law, what's gonna happen to me? And Fudge's like, nah, you're fine. <laughs> I love that we like, send people to Azkaban for blowing up their aunt. <laughs> I love that. Well, it's crazy, too, is that, like, Harry just thinks, like, him doing an accident spell is, like, gonna send him to prison. Yeah. I know. just being expelled or whatever. But I think that's really funny. But I love the description of Fudge talking to him like he's his favorite nephew. I know. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> oh, my God. So, I do have a couple questions about Fudge here. Okay. Um, well, because, you know, let's finish that up. It's just that he... He sets Harry up at the Leaky Cauldron and makes sure he's taken care of, explains, like, oh, it's fine, and it's dangerous out right now, whatever, Mm -hmm. be careful, don't leave Diagon Alley, don't go into Muggle London, blah, blah, blah. And he's not really explaining to him why. No. He's just like, things are, things are dangerous, where people can watch you. Yeah, (laughs) yep. So, he doesn't really get anything, but I have a question, Pottermore has a question, and Scholastic has a question, which would you like to start with? I don't know. Let's start with Scholastic. Scholastic. Why does Fudge taking an interest in Harry's welfare surprise Harry? I think that he still doesn't quite grasp that he's an important person. Yeah. I agree. (laughs) That, and he's very aware of the fact that, like, Fudge is a very important person. Like, he's the fucking minister. (laughs) It would it would be like Trump coming and being like, we need to protect you because you're important. And I'd be like, how do you know who I am? Ew. <laughs> you know? Ew, first of all. I know, but like, it's yeah. like the equivalent because he's yeah, like our president. Exactly. It's like, he's like the highest of the high and he's like, this individual in our country, we need to protect. This one you person. Know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
And I think also he's he just he's not used to being taken care of or taken yeah. in. And he like showed up expecting to be punished. Yes. And and all of a sudden Fudge is like, We need to keep you safe. Yeah. Yep. Okay, which question would you like next? Um, let's do your question. My question is, what would have happened if Harry actually told Fudge what it was like living with the Dursleys? Because Fudge says to him, like, oh, you know, everything's fine, and they're going to be okay. They, they'll they just see you back this summer. They would like you to stay for Christmas or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Harry's like, good, I don't want to go back anyway. He's like, I'm sure you like each other deep down. Yeah. And then Harry doesn't say anything. But, like, what would have happened if he actually came clean? That's my question. Honestly, like, I feel like... I feel like nothing would have happened. I feel like Fudge probably would have gone to Dumbledore and been like, uh, this situation's bad, and Dumbledore would be like, yep, but it has to happen, and Fudge would be like, okay. (laughs) Like, that's that's how it would be. Yeah, in this... Fudge, like, respects Dumbledore so much. In this first half of the series. Like, what Dumbledore says goes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I just... Yeah, there's no helping this kid. There's no helping this kid. If Dumbledore doesn't want him to be helped, then he's not gonna be helped. Oh! (laughs) Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. He doesn't have any... Just that he knows to not even bother... Right. ...is so sad to me. And the fact that he tries with adults with, like, other stuff that's, like, not as important, like, trying to get permission to go to Hogsmeade and (sighs) stuff, but, like, he won't approach them about, like, I need your help getting out of, like, an abusive home. Yeah. You know what I think, too, is that after Chamber of Secrets, and, you know, we don't get it in the movie, but I think it's a really important part of the book is that Tom chooses to show him asking to stay at school mm-hmm. for the summer. Yeah. And that he's so hyper-aware of, like, being so similar to Voldemort now that, like, I don't think he wants to ask. Right. Because he doesn't want to be like him. He, like, that's a specific thing he knows about him. Right. That's one thing he knows about him when so much is mystery. Right. So I don't think he'd want to ask because it'd feel too similar. Right. Especially since that's something he really struggled with in the end of the last book. Yeah! Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he just, he doesn't he doesn't want to. He stays quiet. Yeah. So. I just oh, wanted to ask that because it made me sad. I know. Did you come up with that question on your own? Yeah, girl. Oh, girl. I got questions. <laughs> <laughs> I have interesting thoughts. And then, finally, Pottermore's question, I think, is a really interesting one. Yeah. Was Fudge right to tell the Muggle Prime Minister about Sirius's escape? I think so. I think so, But I feel like maybe I'm a little biased because I love that chapter in Half-Blood Prince so much. I know, I know. But I think (laughs) it is. Like, I think if there's anything that the Wizarding community is doing that could ever affect Muggles then, like, they have to let at least the person who's in charge of the Muggles know about it. Because he's Because otherwise uh, it's, like, you get all yeah. these, like, big things happening that they don't have any explanations for. Like, that would, like, totally, like, freak the Muggle community out. And, like, if there's something they can do to just at least give them peace of mind a little yeah. bit... And because he's, he's, in quotes, a known Muggle killer... Yeah. They kind of have to... Right. ...warn people to stay away from him if they see him out and about. Yeah, just, like, how they warn them, like, when Voldemort, like, comes back. Yeah. And they're like, we have to tell you that this guy's back and it's happening because your kind aren't going to die. <laughs> and, like, you, you need to know what's happening. Yeah. 
Oh, God, I can't wait to talk about that book. I can't wait to talk about that book! (laughs) (laughs) From start to finish! We're halfway there. (laughs) The end of this book will be halfway there. So I totally totally think it's the right thing to do, even though I I think they were saying that it's kind of looked down on by some wizards that, like, ah! Well, yeah, some wizards who don't want to get the muggles involved in their world anyway. And it's like, it's not like they're like, hey, there's this wizard who's, like, killing people. I mean, they tell the minister that, yeah, but it's, it's not like they're going to, like, tell all the muggles that, mm-hmm. you know? Okay. Take us to the next section. All right. So the next My section favorite part of the book. <laughs> Honestly, I'm happy that you said that this was your favorite, because when I was deciding what my favorite was, I was so torn between this and Aunt Marge stuff. Yeah. I love this. So this whole chapter, I think, is just Harry getting to, like... Oh, no, this chapter is super long. Okay, so the first half of it is, like, Harry just, like, hanging out in Diagon Alley. Yeah. All on his own. The best. He sees the firebolt. He sees the firebolt. And he wants it. Oh, he wants it so bad. (laughs) He's so thirsty for it. They mention the Quidditch Cup in this part, too, because they say that, like, that book, or that room is, like, the the favorites for Mm -hmm. the, the World Cup, which is... Or no, they say that the Irish team just bought those for their players and yep. their favorites for the World Cup. Mm. So that's kind of mm-hmm. cool. That's some like force. I love that. Oh, I do have one question from Pottermore just here briefly before we like really get into all the fun stuff because it's a mm-hmm. fun chapter. Yeah. Um, is from Pottermore. What do you think Harry is most afraid of at this point in the story? most afraid of. Ooh. And I would I would want to like pull this out a little bit too um like he's he's doing his shopping or whatever and he learns about um the grim. Yeah, I was just going to say I think he's most afraid of the grim right I now. I think so too. Not especially afraid of after serious. he sees it on the book yeah. in the shop too. Yep. And it's funny that, It continues like, to scare him through the rest of the book, too. Yeah, it's funny that, like, at this point, he hasn't even learned, like, what the Grimm is. He just, like, had this, like, instinct. Yeah, well, because the title of the book is Death Omens, and then it's yeah. the dog. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think so, too. It's, like, it was a, it was a real fear of his to be uh, a criminal on the run, to yeah. be expelled, whatever, but that, you know, kind of got put out. And then... He's got to worry about Sirius Black, maybe. No, he feels pretty safe, but this fucking dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very nervous about the dog. I think it's really interesting how, like, unscared of Sirius Harry is throughout this entire yeah. book. Like, even when he finds out the truth about him, he's, like, hurt that he betrayed his parents, and he's, like, mad about it. But, like, when he finds out that, like, Sirius is, like, out to kill him, he's not like, I'm not that worried. So let's keep pushing then. I just wanted to do that before it got any further because there's lots to be scared of. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Because the Dementors haven't even come yet and that's about to take priority number one. <laughs> right. Yeah. So Harry goes to buy his books and the days are slipping by and then um, we meet Ron and Hermione and they're there getting their stuff. Um this part made me laugh when Hermione they're like sitting eating ice cream and Hermione's like I've still got some galleons like I need to go buy myself a birthday present and Ron's just like how about a nice book like I thought that was hilarious um oh so this is when we first find out that Scabbers is like not doing well yes he's freaking out Mm -hmm. shaking his boots 
<laughs> the only Shaking guy Quaken. who knows what he did is out uh, to get him. Uh-oh. Scabbers knows the truth. <laughs> oh my god. I think that that chapter is so funny. Or like this little section in the pet in the pet shop. I know. Where she goes. <laughs> I don't even remember the exact words. Can you find it for me of what the like shopkeep lady says? I don't remember. I think she's like, she's like slam him on the table or something. The wording cracks me up. Bang him on the counter. Bang him on the <laughs> counter. <laughs> cracks her. Oh and these God. fancy little magical rats are like, like doing like jump rope and like stuff. Double yeah. dutch with their tails and stuff. And that like like scammers is this like pitiful pet for like the whole time and then that like in this moment she's like what powers does he have and you're like oh oh what yeah what rats are supposed to have powers powers. (laughs) and that ron looks at those rats where she's like well you could get one of these new rats he's like show off i know he's so protective (laughs) of this rat it's so sweet so funny And then Crookshanks. And then Crookshanks comes. And, like, immediately has it out for that rat. Yeah. Like, that's how we find him. I love how pissed Ron is when Hermione buys him. I know. Oh, can I say this? Because I'm sure that I've said this before on our, oh, like, our fan theories thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Take a moment, guys, as you read the rest of this book. Think if the Crookshanks is Regulus theory makes any sense as you continue to read this book. I just want to put that out there. Because I think it's kind of fun, like, as I'm rereading, especially toward the end. Yeah. But I just think it's, like, a kind of fun and interesting little thing of, like, okay, this cat's gonna fucking kill Peter Pettigrew. Yeah. (laughs) This little sneak. (laughs) I thought you were just gonna, like, talk about the theory that, like, Crookshanks was the Potter's cat. That, too. I think that's a little, uh... Oh, more boring. <laughs> and the regular one, I think, is kind of funny. Yeah. And cool. Came or, back as a kitty cat. Or that you can think of, um, which I think is kind of a sweet one, is that, like, Crookshanks is, like, Ron. And yeah, I love that like, one. Like, they're so, like, in common, and Hermione just loves them. I know. <laughs> it's really I sweet. really like that. And Ron, like, hates Crookshanks at first. Yeah. So funny. Oh, Crookshanks. Just an ugly old boy. I forget how big he is. Yeah. He's either a very big cat or a small tiger, is how Harry describes him. Just a big fat cat. Everything in these books are huge. Have you seen um, the cat breed a Maine Coon? Uh-uh. Have you seen those? That's what I imagine Crookshanks look like. I'm going to pull up a picture. Everybody, grab your spell bags. Get out a picture of a Maine Coon. They're huge. They're huge, huge cats. Look how big they look how big they are. Holy shit! They're big ass cats. They're huge cats. That's like that's, that's like, like a baby shanks. tiger. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They're very fair. Oh, look! Here's one that could look like Crookshanks. It's um, it's a ginger cat. Aww. Those are huge. Big I didn't fat know cats. cats could get that big. I know. It's like a small dog. Like yes. Yeah. Maine Coons. Huge cats. Daisy. I know. <laughs> it's like twice her size. I know. She's smaller than most cats I know. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, I like it's funny to think of like the sizing of things. Well, because we talk about the Hagrid's dolphin feet. Right. <laughs> I know, like that was something I was gonna say was just like I feel like the sizing of everything in these books are written to be like huge. huge. 
huge. And even big, like when we first see Sirius as a dog, like he's big, we big, talked about big this dog. earlier. He's yeah. a huge dog. Big so. old dog. Big old dog. <laughs> so yeah, Crookshanks I think is is a main coon. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> Except he has an ugly face. It's all like, squashed and stuff. He's just a little potato baby. I know. <laughs> he's just got a little mashed potato I've face. I've always liked Crookshanks, like in the movies too. That's like, a cute I think cat. He's a cute cat. A little squashy faced. I know. It's precious. I, I like feel cats that look like that. Me too, but I feel really bad for them because they've got such horrible respiratory issues. I know. Mm, poor kitties. I know. Um, so then what happens? After she buys Crookshanks, we reunite with the Weasley family. Mm-hmm. And they go back to the Leaky Cauldron and have dinner. And um, then... Pardon me. We need to discuss Percy Weasley being awarded head boy. <laughs> I love the part where he comes up, he's like, oh, Harry, nice to see you. How's your summer? And then Fred and George are like, dear boy, how have you been? <laughs> it's so how funny to me. smashing. It's so funny. I love it. Just, love like, it. take the shit and out of And they're doing Percy. that to Mrs. Weasley, too. How really corking to see <laughs> you. It's so good. It's so good. It's so funny. <laughs> And then the scary comes, right? This is when Harry overhears the conversation. Yes, that's when he hears the conversation where he finds out that Black is supposedly after him. Boom, boom, boom. Um, and Mrs. Weasley is playing kind of like that motherly role that she plays throughout the entire series of being like, why should we tell him? Like, yeah. why should we let him know about this stuff? And Mr. Weasley's like, he has a right to know. Mm-hmm. She does that again in Order of the Phoenix, too. Um, and that is kind of when Harry starts to be a little bit, like, not scared, but just like, shit, this is more real for me than, like, I thought. Yeah. It's not just, like, somebody scary that's, like... That's out on the loose and anybody could die. No. It's like, like I'm his target. He's coming for me. Yeah. I'm the reason he broke out. <laughs> yes. Which is a lie. Yeah. I love how Harry lays down in bed that night and he's just like, I'm not going to be murdered. And the mirror's just like, that's the spirit. <laughs> I thought that was funny, too. I think it's so funny and cute, this idea of, like, having enchanted mirrors, which is, like, such a big, like, fairy tale thing. It's like Beauty and the Beast with all the talking furniture. (laughs) And, like, which one is it? Is it Snow? It's Snow White that has the mirror mirror on the wall. Yeah. And it's so funny. It's just that, like, (laughs) in this universe, they're just like... You're never going to get your hair to look good. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. It's just, like, so rude. It's so funny. It's so but funny. I guess that's in line with Snow White. Mm-hmm. Who's the fairest of them all? Not Bitch, you. not you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's my God. Funny. Okay. So that's the end of the Leaky Cauldron chapter. Now... They're getting ready to go to school. Yeah, they're getting ready. Do you have any questions, or should we uh, No, it's all coming up to be about Dementors, so let's get into it. All right, so yeah, the next chapter. Um, they leave for Hogwarts. They got ministry cars to take them the first time mm-hmm. we see the ministry cars. Um, <laughs> Percy goes to join up with Penelope. <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Weasley pulls Harry aside, and he's like, I have to talk to you, and Harry's like, I already know. It's fine. <laughs> um, he almost misses the train, but they get on the train, and then this is when we meet Lupin. Okay, can I say too? This is like this is like the most um, very Potter musical. I think these books have ever been is when Harry's like, I gotta talk to you guys. Everyone's like, Ginny, scram! <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> and she's like, well then. <laughs> Goes on her way. I think it's so funny. That is funny. I'm just so stressed about her. Like, where's this poor girl gonna go? She doesn't have friends. I know. She didn't make friends last I year. Know. Who's she gonna sit with? God! That's this is probably when she becomes friends with Luna because she doesn't have people sitting with her either. Yeah, unless she went to go be with like Neville or something. Because Neville and Jenny come into their compartment when the Dementor comes, like around the same time. So maybe she was like, I think so. Yeah, maybe. I love them. (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, two, but before we two get parts to that, of the silver trio. <laughs> oh, I love the silver trio so much. <laughs> but before we get to that, this is when we see Lupin for the first time. Yes, and they think he looks terrible <laughs> at first. Like I think that's funny. They're like, "Oh, who's he? Oh my god, poor guy." Um, so poor. I know. So Harry's like telling them about like all this stuff that he heard, and he's telling them that he doesn't get to go to Hogsmeade. Um. And then, oh, Draco Malfoy comes. Draco Malfoy. He makes his usual trip into Harry's compartment. I can't. He does it every year. I can't. Every year. He, like, basically every time, and this made me actually laugh out loud, I don't remember exactly what the phrase is, but basically he comes and he's like, well, 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 look what the cat dragged in. Like, it's the train to school. Yeah. You go to school together. What do you want? Of course he's gonna be there. So stupid. Does he just walk up and down the train looking at Harry's compartment every year? Yes, because he's a little freak. (laughs) I love him. But he gets scared out pretty easily because Lupin, like, snores and he He's like, who's that? And Ron's like, it's a teacher. And he's <laughs> like, well, I'm out. <laughs> Goodbye, then. I'll come back later. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, but then even, like, Soul later shit. in the book, like, even Malfoy is, like, not scared of Lupin at all. He's like, whatever. Yeah. About him. What a little shit. I know. Oh, piece of trash. So, Harry tells Ron and Hermione. About Sirius. Mm-hmm. And they're both way more scared. Yes. Than Harry is. Ron's like, well, shit. And Hermione's like, don't be crazy this year. Yeah. (laughs) And this is like my favorite line in the book of maybe the series of like, I don't go looking for trouble. Trouble finds me. (laughs) This poor fucking kid. I know. Yeah, because Mr. Weasley says said that too. Yeah, like he's like, I just have to ask you one thing, Harry, and Harry's like, don't I'll be go good. I swear. And he's like, no, don't go looking for him. And Harry's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And then Hermione like says that too, and he's like, why does everyone assume this? Doesn't Ron say that? Like, okay, well, he'd have to be crazy to go after a murderer yeah. who wants to murder him, right? And then and Hermione's then... like, he's come face to face with Voldemort twice, guys. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. True. I wanted to say thrice, thrice, but I was gonna say trice. <laughs> Three times now. Three times. Two that he He's can remember. Me. Yeah. Well, he gets a break this book. That's <laughs> always nice. The one time. The one time. He never comes face to face with him in Half Blood either. He wishes he did. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. So handsome. He comes face to face with the cute Voldemort. <laughs> Okay, and then the Dementor comes. The train stops. All the lights go out. Neville and Ginny break their way in. (laughs) Break their way in. Um, And then the Lupin is, like, about to go get up and see what's going on, and the door opens, and the Dementor comes, and Harry faints. Yes. Then he wakes up. And then he wakes up and finds out. 
Everyone shook. else is like shaken, but like Harry had like clearly. Harry, had the Harry worst is your one who fainted. Ginny had the next worst okay. reaction after Harry. So, story about me. I was going about doing some cleaning as I was listening to the audiobook, and I had was taking my hamper to the to the little laundry area. I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna be good, I'm gonna get clean, I'm gonna be doing my stuff. I'm halfway down there and I have to stop fully lean on the hamper and almost crush it to the floor because I was so heavily leaning on it after I heard the description of Ginny after the Dementors. Mm -hmm. I want to die for this poor kid. After everything! She gets nothing ever! And that she just has to relive this shit again? Can you imagine what she's hearing and feeling? Kill me! I know. Read it. Read the description. Read what it says. <laughs> well, it says that she was pale. And then it kind of goes into, like, everyone else talking about, like, what they felt. Like, Neville's yeah. like, it was horrible. And Ron's like, yeah, I felt weird. Like, I'd never be cheerful again. And then she cries. She doesn't even say anything. She's just, like, huddled in a corner. And she gives a small sob. And Hermione, like, puts an arm around her. And they say something else again, because then Harry asks a little later, I think. Oh, and then it says she was shaking, like, mad. Because Harry's like, did anyone else, like, fall out of their seat? And Ron's like, no, but Ginny was, like, shaking really badly. Gee, I wonder why. Yeah. I know, it's interesting, because, like, later in the book, like, Harry's asking Lupin, like, why did they affect me so much more than people? And Lupin's like, it's because you have significant trauma in your past. And it's like, then what does that mean for Ginny? Like... Harry can't even remember the trauma that he went through, but, like, okay. Ginny can remember it. Pause the hell down. <laughs> I've got questions. Number one. Why do the Dementors affect Harry so strongly? Because he has significant trauma in his past. So you say that. True. Absolutely true. Yeah. But this memory that he is having is not his memory. Right. Can we talk about it? And that's why the Dementors are so attracted toward him. Yeah. He's got two for the price of one. Yeah. This is why. This memory is not his. Right. It's vulnerable. It's sick. It's disgusting. Yeah. Ew. But that's why I feel so bad, because he's got got two people so deeply affected. It's a traumatic event for the both of them. And they're both stuck inside. Right. Oh, it's terrible. It's awful. Oh, it's terrible. So, of course, yeah, as Lupin says, because nobody knows, of course, and we don't either, just that he's so traumatized, and that Harry says to Madame Pomfrey, like, I'm not delicate! (laughs) (laughs) When they get to school. But, like, it's just, but, like, this is the shit that excites me so much, is rereading these first couple books. Is like, because we know! We right. know it all! And I it's know. like, this gets me. It's so This excites good. me in such a deep way. God, it's so cool! I love it's it. It's so cool! <laughs> it's so cool! <laughs> Go on what the time the even fuck? higher. <laughs> Oh, my lord. Oh, Christ. Okay. I have another question, though. Scholastic is not asking a question, but making a demand. Oh. We need to discuss uh, the use of Dementors in Azkaban. (laughs) They're just nodding at me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'd like... Yeah, I think it's an important thing to talk about. I think it is, too. Especially when we get this, um... 
this like two movie experience of a comparison of what American wizarding prisons are. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I think yeah. it's kind of um, barbaric. I agree. And disgusting when prison is already such an isolating and um, very depressing and cold place mm-hmm. to be for so many people. And especially this high security prison out in the middle of the ocean. Mm-hmm. They're like trapped on an island. So that's already bad enough. But to add to mentors to this, it's disgusting. And I think yeah. Dumbledore, for once in his life, is correct. No. <laughs> for the only time ever. <laughs> no, like I fully gross. agree. That I think should everyone not in Wizarding Society, like, agrees that Dementors suck, but I think everyone else kind of has the mentality of, like, well, those prisoners deserve it, though. Yeah. Like, they did bad stuff to be there, so, like, you don't want to, like, withstand it, then don't kill people. It's torture, though. It is torture. It's inhumane. Yeah, it is. I know. I'm just saying, like, that's how, like, the Wizarding absolutely. people, like, yeah, thinks of it. Yeah, Absolutely. Except for Dumbledore. They don't even call them by their names. They call them the Azkaban guards. Yeah. They don't want to. They don't want... It's it's like the fear of saying Voldemort. Yeah. It's like they can't call them what they are. It's bad news. Yeah. No, they don't want to. Yeah, I think that it's not right. And I think that's the point. Mm-hmm. Is she's making a point about prison. Yeah. <laughs> that it's gross and that this is inhumane and barbaric yeah it's not okay it's not good even if these people did horrible disgusting things Mm -hmm. yeah and then then no to like have them there to like to punish them in the way that dementors are able to not just to make them feel bad but like if they need to actually like suck their soul out like that's like a fate worse than death these people live in solitary confinement basically yeah. They can hear others, but I don't think they can see anyone unless no. the guards are coming by. And it, it's like wizard guards are in there, too, so that's shitty, right? Yeah, a terrible job. That's a bad job. Yeah. They're on an island. I mean, they couldn't. I they, hope they they're not allowed to apparate. Like three weeks off to They're not allowed to apparate off of there, so I don't, I don't know. How do they get there? What do they do? I don't know, yeah. but it's just, it, it's like they're already being punished. By being in isolation mm-hmm. and going crazy from it. Yeah. Every, that's what Sirius says at the end of the book. Everybody goes crazy from it in there. Yeah. Even without the Dementors. Like, it's yeah. just bad enough anyway. Communication is something that is literally, like, essential for human life. Yeah. So, being isolated from that is bad enough. It's gross. It's like, it's and already it's just to like, the extreme. If the cells that we see are anything like what they are in the movie Mm -hmm. you know it's it's like it's cold it's damp they don't get a lot of food they get it's like terrible living conditions even if they were able to be with other people like it's just a bad place to be i can't wait to see norman guard i know (laughs) we already saw it no i mean the prison part yeah (laughs) i can't wait (laughs) yeah i know i can't wait i got one dark little weird warpy part like i was watching fucking Chamber of Secrets again. Jenny throwing shit in the toilet with all the weird warpiness of that scene of Voldemort going in there. Whatever. Yeah. I didn't get shit. <laughs> I want to see these prisons. I know. I want to know what it's about. Man. Yeah. It's just, it's all bad. I just thought it's good to talk, good to talk about it now. 
get it done, get it out of the way, because there's so much happening at the end of the book. It's like, we don't have time. Right. We don't have time to discuss Azkaban. Yeah. We've already heard a little bit about it from Chamber of Secrets, so... And it, it's like everybody fears it. It's everybody's worst fear to go. Yeah. What's what the fuck? Stan or Ernie, somebody on the bus, one of them says like that they blow themselves up before going to Azkaban. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which in real life is so true. So many people who are able to, you know, not be in jail during their trial or be in prison during their trial if they're allowed to be away. If, they're, if they have money enough to get bailed out, mm-hmm. um, they kill themselves. Right, because when they find out what their what their verdict is, mm-hmm. it's disgusting. It's gross. It's horrible, and it, it's like in real life, horrifying. Like, what does that say about our like punitive system? Mm-hmm. And then, like, in these books too, it's clearly making a point. Yeah. It's clearly making a point about prison. Mm-hmm. But that, that just, like, just regular people would be like, no, I'd kill myself. I'd kill myself. Yeah. I would not go. I'd kill myself. Right. It's horrible. It's horrible. I know. So, yeah. We're serious. Poor serious. Okay. Doesn't serious say that, like, prison didn't affect him as much as it affected? Because he was a dog. Oh, right, because he was able to, like, leave from time to time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because the Dementors ignore, because it's an animal. Yeah. So it didn't affect him as much. I feel like him And that he was there, so hyper-focused. Yeah. On... On getting I'm out. gonna kill Peter Pettigrew! Well, I think... I feel like it... I almost feel like him being there knowing that, like, he wasn't guilty, too, would have maybe protected him There's a, a fire. Bit. There's a fire in him. Yeah. He's like, I don't deserve to be here. And he's not sitting there, like, dwelling on, like, the crime that he committed and having to, like, relive that, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I think that keeps him safe. He's got blood-red vengeance burning through him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so take us through the next bit. Um, they get to school. They get to school. Um, this is the first time that Harry ever rides in the, quote, horseless carriages. <laughs> yep. Um, Malfoy is, like, teasing him because he fainted. Um, and, oh, so then when they get to Hogwarts, Professor McGonagall pulls Harry and Hermione away and wants Mm -hmm. to talk to them both. So she, um, calls Madame Pomfrey in to talk to Harry. Um, I like how when Madame Pomfrey first comes in, she's like, oh, what have you done this time? Something dangerous? And McGonagall's like, uh, it was a Dementor. And she's like, oh, heaven. (laughs) Oh, heaven. (laughs) And that she is like, um, and I'm sure because she was so, um, in charge of him a little bit while he was at school, but that she's so proud of Lupin. I know. Ah! I know. That was really sweet. (laughs) And that is, she's, she's like, so shady about it. She's like, oh, well, finally we've got a Hogwarts Defense Against the Dark Arts Professor that knows his stuff. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love her. I love that. I feel like she's, she is one of the only people to give Dumbledore shit. I know. I agree. <laughs> I she feel like McGonagall the most powerful character in the whole series. Yeah. But she, like, respects him so much that right. she, like, won't always, like, call him on anything. Yeah. But, like, Madame Poppy Pomfrey. Pomfrey. Just the killer. I know. Just, like, no. 
get out. <laughs> I've got stuff to do. <laughs> she just refuses. These kids need rest. <laughs> yep. She just is so passionate. I just love, like, whenever there are, like, shouting matches happening in the hospital wing, and she's like, this is a hospital! <laughs> get out! <laughs> she's so funny. Oh, my God. So, yeah, and then McGonagall talks to Hermione about something that we don't know about. What what are they talking about? Hermione (laughs) just comes out looking very happy. Yes, she's pumped. Um, And so then they go down, and um, then the feast starts, and Dumbledore talks to them about the Dementors, and he is just like, I hate having them here, but don't try to trick them, because they're bad, (laughs) and they won't hesitate to kill you. Yeah. And then we find out that A, Lupin is the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, but also mm-hmm. that Hagrid is Yay. a teacher. Yay, Hagrid! Um, I think it's really sweet that um, Hagrid gets like a way bigger applause than Lupin And then does. he cries! I know! I think it's really cute. Like, I think a lot of people at the school were excited for yeah. him. Like, more than just Gryffindors. Yeah. I think everyone but Slytherins were happy. Yeah. Which I love. Uh, oh, and we also see that Snape is, like, pissed yes. that Lupin is the teacher. I love that Harry's like, I know that look. I know! <laughs> it's so bad. Harry's like, oh, he hates him. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> and More then so it's than like Lockhart? <laughs> yeah, that, like, he, they're saying, like, well, it's, like, they know that he wants that job, but holy shit. Like, this yeah. is more than right. it's ever been. Yeah. Um, and then when Hager gets announced, Ron's like, uh, duh, who else would have assigned us yes! a biting book? <laughs> so funny. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Then they go up to their, the common room, and mm-hmm. that's, that's that chapter. What's so. next? Next is the first day of classes, and this chapter covers, A, the first divination class, Mm -hmm. and the class with Hagrid and Buckbeak attacking Draco. Mm -hmm. It's pretty much what happens in this book, or in this chapter. (laughs) In this this whole book. (laughs) So let's talk about divination. Okay. (laughs) This woman. I love her. I love the description of her. This part was fun it to was read. Fun. Oh my god. I think Emma Thompson does a pretty good job. She does a great her. job. She's really awesome. Great job. Oh man. Um oh, back up a little bit. When they get their schedule, we do find out that Hermione's schedule is Yeah, she's taking like a wild class. Like she has like three classes all scheduled for the same time right away. Yes. Um, but yeah, then they go, oh, and we meet Sir Cadogan, too, because he leads them to divination. Yes. So that's the first time that we see him, and he's like, I a quest! love him. <laughs> I know. He is so funny. Such a good, like, breath of humor in this, in this very deep, dark, serious book. Yeah. Love it. I love him, especially when he becomes the portrait for a while. It's so bad. It's so funny. Oh god. But yeah, so the just a, those are just a few couple small things that happen, but then they get to divination. So she talks a lot of shit right out the gate. Yeah. And is like um so one of you's going to die and Neville you're going to break a cup and somebody's pet's going to die and someone Leave us forever. 
Yeah. She impresses a lot of people. This was something that we were going to keep track of, right? When we did this, was keep track of all of her predictions and then see if they come true. Yes, we should. I did not, I did not take a note of that. I was thinking more of like Harry and Ron's predictions because they usually turn out to be true, but we should see Trelawney too. Hers come true too. And we do, we do know that I was like paying attention right when I read this chapter. The first time, so where are her predictions? A lot of them come true, like, right away, right here. Yes. Is your grandmother well? Well, I guess that one is maybe wrong. There isn't That's really anything that say. ever... Yeah. To a child. I know. Um, beware a red-haired man to Parvati. Yeah, because he steals her girlfriend in book six. Yeah. (laughs) And then she looks at Ron, I'm like, true. Right. Watch the fuck out. I know. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, is so awful to her sister in the next book. Yeah. At the Yule Ball. That's true. Bam. Done. Bam. That one's done. Um, the next one... Class will be disrupted in February by a nasty bout of the flu. I myself will lose my voice. I, that's whatever. She sucks. <laughs> she sucks. And then around Easter, one of our number will yes. leave us forever. That's when Hermione yep. storms out of class. That's Hermione. Um. The okay, the thing you are dreading for lavender, it will happen on Friday, the sixteenth of October. Yeah, so she finds out that, that her rabbit died her rabbit died. Home. Yes, and then Neville breaks the the yep. cup. Duh, though. Duh, though. <laughs> and I think that's all of them that happen here, and yes. then the, the Grim. And then the Grim. So those those are the first predictions, but, like, all of them come true. So yeah. that's something to just... We'll keep track of that as the rest of these go. Yeah. Okay, good. So that class is bullshit. <laughs> it's bullshit. I and like they, how, like, Trelawney immediately is like, books aren't gonna help you here, and Hermione is like, immediately, like, Bye. this class sucks. I know! I think it's hilarious, and I know a lot of people say this of like, okay, of all the stuff, like, this is the line for her. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's because it's poofy. It's like, whatever. Mm-hmm. You right. know, it's just like, exactly, like, you can't learn it. You just have to, you just, you're good at it or you're not. Right. And that kind of sucks I, yeah. to, like, get a grade on. Right, I know. It's so like I fired in our high school. Yeah. I'm sorry I'm not athletically gifted. <laughs> <laughs> so I get it. I totally get it. And then don't they go to Transfiguration right after? Yeah. This is, like, my favorite part this of the This is chapter. my favorite thing, too, when, like, everyone is, like... <laughs> Super quiet, and McGonagall's like, okay, really? I just turned into a cat, and none of you clapped. <laughs> then she's like, well, not to be full of myself, but this is the first time no one's ever clapped for me. And they're like, we're so sorry, we just got out of divination. And she's like, oh, okay. And then I love it that she just goes, oh, who's going to be dying? Who's dying this year? <laughs> and I love that she's so sweet that she that she's like, if it weren't for the fact that I will never speak ill of a colleague. Like, I know. <laughs> it's I just so leave funny. it at that. I'm almost positive that when Harry was like, it's me, she's like, of course it's yes, you. Yes, <laughs> of course it's you. Why wouldn't it be you? It's Harry. God damn it. No, and I and love then, it when And she... then she throws so much shade when she assigns them homework. And <laughs> she's know. like, I hope you don't mind. I'm going to assign you homework anyway, but I promise you, if you do die, you don't have to, you don't have to hand it in. <laughs> I love her so much. She's my favorite. I love her so much. Shit. 
So, yeah, so that happens in McGonagall's class, and that's all really funny. She's just like, you look in excellent health to me, Potter. <laughs> so I'm going to give you homework anyway. Deal with it. Deal with it. Um, okay, so then they have lunch, and that's when Harry kind of, like, tells Ron and Hermione about the Grimm for the first time. Because Ron is, like, super paranoid right away as yes. soon as Trelawney, like, said that stuff. Hermione's like, well, McGonagall says it's bullshit. And Ron's like, I don't know, my uncle saw a Grimm. Yep. So, Pottermore asks if at this point in the story does Harry believe the Grimm is real. I think I so. I think he does. I think he does. Yeah. At this point in the book, I would play Raven Simone's cover of Superstition. <laughs> <laughs> Which we used oh to listen to on God. Radio Disney as children. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Ugh. Yeah, I think he absolutely does. I think he does, for sure. And that he continues to see it through the rest of the book only strengthens it. It's almost like he's, like, looking for it a little bit. Like, he he's is, a watchful eye out Yeah, he is looking for it. Mm-hmm. It's like when I see something spooky scary, and then at night I'm like, I'm looking for it. I'm like, who oh. wants to die? <laughs> Have you heard about that Momo challenge? Can we talk about this for a second? <laughs> That had, like, when I first saw that, I was literally sitting in my bed with the lights off, scrolling through Facebook, just, like, late night before bed, and a picture of that fucking demented face comes up, and I was like, what is this? (laughs) That is the freakiest (laughs) fucking thing I have ever seen in my life. I I see it everywhere. (laughs) I have to tell you. Is this staying in? I don't know. We'll see. Here's the thing. I found out about uh, I found out about this a little bit before it came back around again because it's an old meme. Is it really? Yes, bitch. It's an old oh. meme that like wasn't ever really a real thing and it still isn't now. But um like I found out about it because I was watching something and it just like kind of flashed a picture and I was like, what the fuck was that? And I had to go back and find it and was like, what in the shit is going on? Because to me, when it just flashed by in a video and this video was talking about like weird, creepy stuff. Mm -hmm. So I get it. I wasn't watching fucking Peppa Pig, but but I see this and I'm like, what the shit is this? Because it looked like to me at first a, like a sexy bathroom selfie that somebody had like fucked the face up on oh, because yeah. it's like this statue's got these big little titties and so it's just like is this a poor girl's like naked bathroom selfie that she oh took that God. somebody like fucked up her poor face <laughs> what is this it's scary and it scared the shit out of me because I am not a fan of like that kind of warped face thing it yeah it yeah, deeply yeah, yeah. upsets me. And that's, it's so much weird stuff like that. It's just, it's too uncanny valley and, like, really icky, and I just don't like it. So, of course, I have to go find out what this is, because this is what I do as a child. I was so terrified of spiders, and then at the school library, I found a book all about spiders just to torture myself. I don't know why. I used to do that with tornadoes. I I still do it to this day. So I look up, I'm looking it up, I'm finding out what it is. I'm like, oh, this is stupid. What a dumb little it's like it's like somebody was trying to make slender man but like dumb so i was like okay cool whatever i get it um i'm still terrified and so as i'm walking through 
my hallway to get to the bathroom in the dark at night. I'm, like, kicking and punching because I got to, like, pump myself up not to be scared of walking in the dark because I'm such a fucking baby. Yeah. And so every time I'm scared of something, and I, I'm, an, I'm an only child, so I talk to myself a lot. So I'm going through the hallway, punching and kicking, and I just go, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. And I just kept doing that. And so then it became my weird little mantra. Anytime something weird or freaky was happening, I just went, oh, no, Momo. <laughs> no, Momo, no. Oh, no. No, Momo. And then I'm free. It's like weeks and weeks later. I'm scrolling through Instagram. All of a sudden, boom. There she is. And I go, no, Momo. Momo, no. So then I'm looking and I see that for no reason this old meme is back trying to freak kids out, which, number one, gross. Yeah. No thank you, please. And so it's just, like, annoying. So then I'm like, well, now I can't go on Twitter. So then I'm, like, annoyed and looking and I'm just, like, trying to look at dumb jokes and then, oh, Momo, no. No, Momo. No, Momo, no. That happened to me, too. I was scrolling through, like, the BuzzFeed app on my phone, and, of course, like, an article about Momo, like, comes up. I'm like, I can't go on BuzzFeed, I can't go on Instagram, I can't go on anything, because Momo's gonna come up, and it's gonna freak me out. I don't want to look at her anymore. And then all of a sudden, so it's like, that comes back, and I... I told my mom about that as a... So I was like, here's what I'm doing now at night because I saw a gross picture that I'm now punching and kicking my way to the bathroom every night. So then it's like that comes back, and so I send a text to my mom. I'm like, so you'll never guess, but my best friend Momo's back in town. And she's like, oh, Momo, no. (laughs) Oh, Momo, no. This is why we need a Patronus. I know. To connect it back. (laughs) To protect me from all scary things. Momo, ghosts, crocodiles. (laughs) Momo, go screw. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, sorry guys. Look, a lot happened while we were gone. Okay, well honestly, when we were first talking about Marge and her like face like spreading... That's what it made me think of, was her, like, smile and her bulging eyes. Like, I was like, Marge looked like Momo at first. <laughs> you guys. And I didn't want to bring her up, but then it, like, came I up again. And I was like, ah! You guys, let me tell you something. If you are freaked out by Momo's sweet and beautiful face, and it's not her fault she was born like that. <laughs> if you are afraid of my best friend Momo, there is a video. Please go watch it, because it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. It's, I was... Looking on YouTube to see if I could get an explanation. Originally, when I was like, who is this poor girl who took a titty selfie in the bathroom mirror? And so I'm looking, and when I'm typing in... (laughs) When I'm typing in Momo Challenge, one of the options that pops up was Momo Challenge makeup. And I was like, what? And there is a hilarious video of this girl who, like, puts on, like, prosthetics and, like, take, like, sliced ping pong balls in half and make them little eyes and, like, use eyelash glue oh to glue to her face. And she did such a good job and it made me laugh so hard it wasn't scary anymore. Oh. So, if you're, if you're, if you're afraid of my her. good, my good dear friend Momo, please, please go look up Momo Challenge makeup tutorial. <laughs> And see this girl put a fucking duck bill on her upper lip to try and make it look like she's got that gross (laughs) smile. (laughs) It's so funny. Okay. 
I can't talk about her anymore. What a random tangent. Weird random tangent. How did we even get on that? We, we were talking about the Grim. <laughs> <laughs> she is the Grim. She is the Grim. She is the Grim. She's the 2019 Grim. No, it said, it said Harry's starting to look for it, and I look for Momo. Oh, so. yeah, that's what it was. I do look for her now. I look for her. I sleep. I have always slept in my bed with my back to the door, and ever since I saw Momo, because I'm a side sleeper, now I sleep on my other side, <laughs> facing the door. Don't so you come I'm in like, here, bitch! The door opens, I am ready! You will not sneak up on me! <laughs> I will not be told to turn the stove on at night! Momo! <laughs> no, Momo! <laughs> Have we been talking about this for 20 minutes? Because it feels like it. I'm so I feel sorry. Like it is. Okay, we so might let's have get to. to cut this out. No, let's get to Hagrid's <laughs> lesson. Okay. So it's Hagrid's lesson. They're walking. Ah! <laughs> what? Just keep going. It's too much for me still. I didn't think we were going to be talking about her today. <laughs> oh, God. At least no. not on the podcast. Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> Let's talk about Draco Malfoy getting the shit beaten out of him by It's too much. I'm gonna die. Oh my god. Ooh. Okay, Poor so Hagrid. like honestly, I feel like this lesson is actually a really awesome first Great lesson. lesson. Like if Malfoy hadn't fucked it up, like they would have been leaving that class the way they left Lupin's class and being like, This is amazing. He's yes. so good. Absolutely, but whose fault is it? It's Draco's. His and like, honest to God, like Hagrid him. literally tells them, "Don't insult hippogriffs." Like he told them everything they needed to know to stay safe. It's not his fault that this happened no. at all. Absolutely not. So this, oh, this it's part, a great lesson. It's really funny to me in the movie. This is like one of the scenes in the movie that I do. That part, but like Malfoy getting attacked. I love that part of the movie. But he slams his way forward and is just like, "It's my turn." (laughs) So stupid. It's all like fun and lighthearted in the movie, kind of. But like in the book, it's like it makes me mad. I like get the same bubbling anger that I get with like Umbridge scenes in the fifth book in this part because I'm I just I get so furious and I'm like, "Don't hurt Hagrid." This kid can do some pretty vile shit. <laughs> he can. We saw that in the last book, and we talked about that, but, like, in this one, he's seriously fucking up. Or, like, he's fucking up people's lives. Like, he's, like... Oh. Yeah, purposefully, just purposefully. because he's an ass. Harry literally calls him out on it in their potions class, too. He's like, you're doing this to get Hagrid fired, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I am. Ugh. I hate that. What an awful person. I know. Ugh. It's the worst. Ew. It's like he was he was determined to ruin it. Like when he when Hagrid is like explaining this stuff to them, like she makes a point to say that like Malfoy, Crabbe, and Goyle weren't listening. They were like talking, and like it's like it says Harry had a feeling they were plotting how to disrupt the lesson, and that's totally what they were doing. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, awful kid, awful disgusting kid. This is the first book that you don't really like Draco Malfoy. Well, a real I still love him me. so much, but like God, he's such an asshole. He sucks. In he books sucks. three through five, he's the worst. Bad. So, but yeah. like Harry and Buckbeak's friendship is cute. Like their first interaction, yeah. Just a nice, calm, brief, brief one fly around the paddock, and then they're done. And Harry does not enjoy it. <laughs> He's terrified. Woo! Of him. That's a fake Woo! thing. 
I have my arms out as if I'm flying on a hippogriff. <laughs> and the sad thing is, I really like the music that plays in that part a lot. Yeah. But I, did I do a good impression? You did. <laughs> Every time I listen to that song when it gets to that part, I always want to, like, scream yeah. at the end of it. But it's stupid, because in the book, it's like, it's so not dramatic, and Harry doesn't enjoy it. I forget that he doesn't like it yeah. until I reread it. <laughs> so poor Hagar. So poor Hagar. And they're all, like, freaking out. They're like, they wouldn't fire him, would we? And then they go back to Hagrid's hut that night, and this is something I kind of, like, made a mental note of to talk about. This is the first time we see Hagrid get drunk. This Ooh, is when it starts. That's right. Yes. This is, it's like when he becomes a teacher, that's when he becomes the, like, bumbling drunk idiot that he Ooh. is for the rest of the series. Ooh. It starts here. Ooh. I didn't think it started this early. I think, though, that he still retains a good authority bit. You know, like, he is a, he's still, like, a, a trusted adult who's competent. And in, in this part especially, like, Hermione, like, tells him that he's had enough to drink, and he's like, yeah, you're right, and he, like, goes to, like, take care oh, of I it. Oh, I forgot about that. He, like, goes and puts his head in the, like, water bin or something. Wow, to, that's like, right. To, like, sober himself up. But I think, like, later in the other books, like, he yeah. he drinks a lot. He drinks his sorrows away, and he's drunk a lot. Oof. Yeah, good, good. I'm glad you remember that. That was another thing that we said we were gonna yeah. just like keep in touch, yes, or keep track of. Yes, over the course thank of the you. Series. So yeah. I was surprised that that started this early. Yeah, being a teacher is hard. Yeah, I guess I didn't even register it because it's it just was it's so normal for the rest of the series. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I but did have I did have one question to ask from uh, Pottermore here. Um. Are hippogriffs dangerous? No. I think yes. They can but be. But all yeah. animals are dangerous. Yeah. If you don't handle them correctly. Yeah, that's, I guess that's my point. Like, I feel like if you know how to treat, if you treat them right, they're not. It's just like dogs. Yeah. Dogs can be dangerous. They can bite and scratch and do a lot of damage. But, like, if you treat them well, they're not going to. hmm Yeah. Same thing with hippogriffs. Isn't man the most dangerous beast? <laughs> very very sorry I'm really rattled from our conversation today <laughs> let's finish this up the let's bother. get to Lupin's class okay so Malfoy is like not coming to classes until Thursday yeah he's out oh, for whole, several he's days he's out for like four days <laughs> so this chapter starts with the potions class mm-hmm. um, this part makes me upset yes I was gonna say because he comes in and he's forcing Ron and Harry to, like, do all the work for them. Or for him. And Snape bullies Harry and Ron a lot in this part. Yep. By forcing Ron to, like, trade daisy roots and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Just awful. I hate him. Just, like, relishing in it. But then it's worse. Because they are on their way to Lupin's class. Yes! They're on their way to Lupin's class, and he bullies Neville in front of another teacher. Yes. Which is terrible. Because they head over to the staff room to take care of the... And he's in there. The buckart. Yeah. And Harry... Harry gets really pissed. He's like, it's bad enough that he bullies Neville in his... Oh, and before that, Neville's potion is bad, so he's like, I'm gonna feed yes. this to your toad. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's when it happens. Yeah. 
And then from there, he bullies him in front of another teacher in another teacher's class. He's like, you should know. This kid's an idiot. I hate him. <laughs> That's what I wrote my response paper on this book about in our class was like, Snape's an asshole in all the books, but he's like mega asshole in this one. Yeah. I don't even remember what I did mine about. What did I care about? Oh, no. Oh, I wrote about prison. <laughs> oh, you wrote about <laughs> Clearly. Asshole. Clearly. Yeah. I wrote about, I wrote about prison. Nice. <laughs> That's what it was. Nice. <laughs> So, okay, we get into it. Yeah, so we get into the Boggart class? Yes. Yeah, so we get into it, and hold on, let me get to the pages. They get excited because immediately Lupin comes in, and he's like, this is going to be a practical lesson. I think that's cool. Yeah. That, like, these Defense Against the Dark Arts classes are them actually doing stuff and not just, like, yes. reading theory. Yes. I really like that he does that. Even Peeves is, te like, teasing him. Mm -hmm. Like, it's kind of like, when Lupin first arrives at Hogwarts, no one has any respect for him whatsoever. Like, even the students don't. Mm -hmm. And, like, the other teachers. And it's not until he really proves himself that, yeah. like, people are like, oh, it is a good thing to have him here. Mm -hmm. I love Lupin so much. I do, too. I just read the, like, Pottermore thing that she wrote about him the other day, and I sobbed while I was reading it. Oh, like, no. The, the thing, I, like, I had never read it before, and, like, the history about, like, his parents and everything, and then just reading, like, how he responded to, like, James's death, like, when that all happened, I was yeah. like, oh my god. I've never thought about how traumatic that would be for him, because, like, two of his best friends died, and his third friend is, like, a convicted murderer, and I'm like, he yep. just lost everything. Yeah. In this one day. Yep. That would suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yikes. It's terrible. Anyway, I love Lupin so, so much. <laughs> um, okay, so, so let's, I... Let's talk about everybody's stuff. Yeah, I love... Um, oh, no, actually, I hate... <laughs> I was... <laughs> We've talked about this before, too, but I get <laughs> yes. so angry whenever it says that Neville's biggest fear out of everything he could be scared of is fucking Snape. Go off, Katie. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. I get so angry... How many other things does Neville have to be scared of I know. right now? Bellatrix, his parents, his grandma, Voldemort, Sirius. But no. He's scared of his teacher. Yeah. <laughs> He's scared of his fucking teacher. I can't stand it. I'm <laughs> so mad. <laughs> I get so I know. violently angry oh, because I, I love Neville with all my heart and I want to protect him forever. Yeah. Forever. Snape is a vile. A vile character. He deserved to be shoved into that green dress and vulture hat. <laughs> I don't know why I thought you were going to say shot. <laughs> that's like, that's not how it died. Oh, man, he deserved to be shot, too. <laughs> He deserved to be bitten to death. He did. He deserved to have a gruesome death. Hell yeah, he did. <laughs> Sorry. God. Getting ahead of ourselves. We'll get to that way later, but like, oh boy, oh. Oh, man. Okay, so, yes. So, Neville's He's so kind to Neville. That, that's what I was gonna say I love when I started to say that. I love how kind Neville, or Lupin is to Neville, like, when Snape is like, he sucks, and Lupin's like, oh, I'm gonna have him help me out, and I think he'll be alright. Like, I really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's nice because it's, like, he wants Neville to have success, but still, like, tells him, like, how to, how to do it. Like, he makes it He walks him through. He doesn't he just say, do it, and walk away to right. let him fail. Yeah, he, like, tells him how to be successful at it. 
Luke and then is an he awesome is. Teacher. Yeah, and then he's able to do it. Neville's not a bad student. He's just no. nervous, and he has a lot of anxiety. Yeah. And a lot of the Hogwarts teachers are really intimidating. Like, I feel like even having McGonagall yes. as a teacher, I'd be like, oh, God, she's scary. I'd be very intimidated by her. That's but probably also why, be in love like, with her. That's probably why herbology is such a good subject for him, because, like, Professor Sprout is so, like, calm and cool and collected mm-hmm. a lot, you know? Like, he does yep, well and it's hands-on, and it's walked through. Yeah. Like, good. that's when he good, does good, well. Good, good, good. Mm. So, Neville's bogart is, of course, Snape, and um, he is turned into Snape, but in drag. <laughs> Snape in drag. <laughs> Snape wearing his grandmother's clothes, which is the most hilarious thing in the entire world. I love it. To me. Two things that scare him into one very funny thing. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> the ultimate thing. And I love how, like, when they get to the end after everyone else has gone through, like, Lupin's like, all right, now we'll finish him off. And he, like, strides forward so I confident. Know. And it's, like, ridiculous. It just, like, clears it. I'm like, yay, Neville. It's so good. Okay, He's so who so who all gets a turn? Let's see. Um, Some of these we don't even see whose they are. Okay. It just says, like, what the boggarts are. But I know, we know that Ron's is the spider. Yes. Obviously. Um, Parvati's is the bloodstained mummy. Yes. The bandaged mummy. Um, Seamus is the banshee. Mm-hmm. Um, and then here it just says there's a rat, and then a rattlesnake, and then a bloody eyeball. Ugh. Whose biggest fear is a bloody eyeball? Losing their eye, maybe. God. Um, and then Dean's is the severed hand. Yep. <laughs> and then Ron, the spider. And then um, it goes to Harry. And Lupin interrupts it. <laughs> I'm reenacting the bad movie. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, that's everyone's boggarts. We see Lupin's. We see Lupin's. His is the orb. The white orb. I wonder why he's scared of crystal balls. <laughs> Someone says that, like, when they leave the class. <laughs> so funny. And Harry's feeling like, ugh, why? Yeah, he's like, why wouldn't you That's my turn. It? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, if I was Harry, I'd be a little relieved because when they were thinking about, like, how to make their thing less scary, Harry's like, I don't know how to make a Dementor less scary. Yeah, exactly. That's a panic. Yeah. What is your bog art? Crocodiles. <laughs> so fast. How would you make it less scary? I don't know. Kill it. It's not funny. It is me. <laughs> you are listen, awful. Listen. I'm usually so against animal cruelty, but I think I'm alligators, usually so alligators and crocodiles cruelty. are like the oldest animals on our planet, and I think their time is done. Oh. I think it's time for them to go. <laughs> Did you get scared because you watch Animal Animal Planet and you watched Crocodile Hunter, Croc Files? Did no. you watch that and get scared as a kid? No, I got scared because I went to Costa Rica in high school. For, like, a study this abroad This just thing. started in high school? It started in high school. Oh, yeah, I went to Costa Rica for, like, a study abroad Spanish club thing, and one of the things that we did there was we went on this, like, boat ride through a swamp that was, like, full of crocodiles, 
and uh, there were a couple times where the guy who was driving the boat would like pull over on an island and get out and feed them like raw chicken but one of the crocodiles that he tried to feed like he threw the piece of chicken at them and they didn't see it so they started like going after the guy and all of us were like in the boat just like with our hands over our eyes and we were like I'm about to watch a man oh, get god. slaughtered oh my god <laughs> it was so terrifying okay I and get he it. managed to like get back in the boat and it was fine but it was going after him with its mouth like wide open ah! and I was like he's gonna die <laughs> I'm gonna watch someone die I'm gonna watch someone like get fucking slaughtered by this thing and they're gonna like rip him to pieces oh my god <laughs> So ever since then, like, you know, because we lived together for a year, I can't even look at pictures of them. Like, they freak me out so much. <laughs> Crocodiles and alligators, I can't stand them. It's horrible. They're so scary. <laughs> I went to Disney World last year, and we were in the little, like, dinosaur area of Animal Kingdom, and they have this one that's in this little, like, fenced-in area. It's like a Nile crocodile, and I saw all these people, like, crowded around the fence, and I was like, ooh! what's that? What's in there? Because I didn't see the sign and I lean over the pen and there's a crocodile right there and I was like, oh my god! And like, got the fuck out of there as fast as I could. It freaked me out. Oh my god. And it was just in this little, like, enclosed thing and it wasn't doing anything. It was just, like, napping in the sunlight. But I was like, it's still scary. Yeah. I, so that would be my bogger. I don't even know how I would make it, like, not scary. I have no idea. You just... Crocodile. Kill it. Kill it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll laugh at its corpse. I don't oh know. Maybe God. I'd, like, do what Ron did and, like, take its legs off so it just, like, slithered like a snake or something. I don't know. I don't think that would make it any less scary to you. No, it wouldn't. I'd have to, like, remove its scales and give it, like, feathers or something to make it, like, not scary. <laughs> And no one is allowed to tweet us pictures of crocodiles. Please don't do that. Please don't. I will block you oh my on God. Twitter if you do that. Oh, my God. Oh, they're so scary. That's what I would do. That's how I'd make it funny. I yeah. would, like, give them feathers or something. Yeah. What would your bugger be? <laughs> I don't know. I think mine would be, like, a mix of, like, Tim and Molly. Just, like, me and my family just dead. Yeah. That'd probably be mine. And then if I were to, like, fix... If I were to fix it, it'd just be us laying all on the ground being licked by puppies. <laughs> oh! <laughs> that is something. In a dog pile. Yeah! Just a bunch of puppies! Oh! That would make me feel better. That's a better fear. That's a... <laughs> It's not a better fear, but a more rational fear yeah. of, like, losing your family, which I'm just also death. very scared of. Just like, death. death, absolutely, but... Me and my family just dead. So good. So fun. So fresh. Yeah. So fun, young, and fascist. Oh, God. <laughs> Yikes. So, well, do you have any questions about I do. I do have some finishing up questions, and then uh, we'll call it quits for today. So, um... My questions are, oh, my last one from Pottermore for this section is, uh, why does Lupin choose Neville to go first? I think it's to build him up. I think it is, too. After getting beat down. After getting beat down. After being bullied. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure Lupin understands what it was like to be that kid that everyone, like, thought was... Absolutely. ...not worthy. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then Scholastic asks, 
what does Lupin's lesson teach us about our deepest fears? You can always overcome them or make them less scary Mm -hmm. for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's always something you can do. Mm -hmm. To face them. Mm -hmm. You can face your fears. Mm -hmm. That's not a song. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it is. It's my song. Face your fears. What would we do to Momo? (laughs) Shove her eyes back into her head. (gasps) No! So they just so they look like normal eyes. <laughs> well, because maybe you put clown makeup on her face, or that something. would make it worse. Have you seen the whole statue? Yeah. Well, I, I've seen like the torso up. Cover her in feathers, like the little chicken lady she is. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Give her a beak. Give her a beak. Make her quack and walk around. Momo maybe would be my. Uh, Boggart right, right now. now. Right yeah, now? Yeah, that face. <laughs> I see her everywhere. <laughs> she won't leave me alone. It's calming down now. Yeah. There was, of course, a big deal about it because parents on Facebook found out about her. Yeah. And they started freaking out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would make, I would turn Momo into a duck and have her walk around <laughs> quacking. <laughs> With my little titties hanging out. Oh my god. <laughs> I can't get over those boobs. I can't get over those boobs. Okay, those fucking boobs. <laughs> I've got one last question. Okay, um, just as a wrap up to this section, I think is a really good one. Another scholastic question is: um, compare Harry's three new teachers this year. Three oh Trelawney, Lupin, and Hagrid. Yeah, and I really agree. Like you said, if Malfoy didn't fuck it all up. I think that um, Hagrid's lesson would have been just as good as Lupin's. Yeah. People would have walked out really excited and happy about it. Yeah, for sure. So I think I would put Trelawney at the bottom. Absolutely, yeah. Of those three. I think I would still put Lupin at the top, because I think, like, with... I think the thing with Hagrid is, like, his confidence can be shaken so easily. Yes. And when his confidence is shaken, his classes, like, really fall down a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I would still put Lupin at the top and then put Hagrid, like, in the middle. Mm-hmm. But I think Hagrid is still a competent teacher, and, like, he can do it if he just puts his mind to it and doesn't let people bully him out of it. Yeah, for now. Till we get to the scroots. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think that, um... I think that Trelawney's definitely the worst of the three. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that what she has to say is, like, um without value mm-hmm. to them. I mean, plot-wise, of course. Of course it's valuable, yes. But I, I think just as, um, you know, like, Ron ridicules Hermione for taking muggle studies, and I am 100% with her, I would love. Yeah, same. This is why I'd be like, if I went and did, like, a study abroad in college or something in another country, I would love to take, like, American history. Yes. In another country. That would be Just really to like see cool. how different it is when yeah. Texas isn't controlling what I'm learning about. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Sometimes I think it would even be interesting to learn about American history from like a school in the South because I've heard that like the way that oh, they teach yeah. about like the Civil War and Absolutely. stuff is so different than we learn up here in the North. Wow. Yeah, I'm so su- it's just I think it's really interesting. So I think all subjects have their value and their use. Mm-hmm. Even classes that I didn't like taking in college, I still, they, you know. They were still valuable. They got me my degree at least, so. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, you still learn things from it. Yeah. Even if it's learning that you don't appreciate this. Right. And that you don't want to, you don't want to do it anymore. You don't, mm-hmm. you're not going to pursue it. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah. I, I think, think Care of Magical Creatures would be a fun class. 
I would like it, but I would be scared. Yeah, me too. Because I'm scared of horses and birds. It would have been cute <laughs> if Newt had taught it. <laughs> Can you imagine him, little Professor Newt? Aww. Precious moments. I hope that Newt and Hagrid met at some point. Yeah, I hope. I think that he gave him Aragog. Oh, that's true. I came in the pocket of a traveler. <gasps> <laughs> Call it right. quits. This one, I it, we did we did it. We got it all done. It we talked about everything. Ride. But a wild ride. Sorry, we went off on like a twenty minute tangent about Momo. <laughs> but you know what? We were talking about fears and stuff in this one, so I feel you know like what? it was relevant. Yes. She's what Sirius's picture looked like on the news. <laughs> oh my god, one hundred percent. She fits. We yes. made it fit. It's happening. We're cool, and we're not going to talk about her again. Nope. <laughs> Momo is gone. Momo's gone. No, Momo. No, Momo, no. <laughs> Momo, you go have dinner at Peppa Pig's house. You stay there. Get out of my house, Momo. Get out. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening. We have all the usual plugs at the end. Follow us on Twitter. Email us. Rate and review and subscribe and all that shit. Everything's Myrtle Bath Pod. Everything is Myrtle Bath Pod. Please reach out. Please, please, please. Yeah. We want to hear from you Also, uh, watch out for our Instagram, maybe. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to get right now. Okay, hold on. We actually do have to do this later. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. We love you very much. Reach out. Do it all. Excuse you. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.